La ikraha fiddin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, La ikraha fiddin. There is no compulsion in the religion. Ikrah is to force someone, to compel someone to do something they don't want to do. Has that ever happened with you? I'm sure it's happened many times with you. Maybe even today somebody forced you to do something you didn't want to do. You were forced maybe by your situation, by your circumstances to do something that you found very difficult to do. This is ikrah. Allah says, La ikraha. There is no ikrah at all, no compulsion at all. In what? Fiddin in the religion. Meaning there is no need to force people to embrace, to accept this religion. There is no need to force people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because if you think about it, when do you have to force someone to do something? When? When they don't listen, okay? And usually, when is it that they don't listen? When they don't want to do it, why? What's the reason? Yes? They don't understand. Have you ever forced a child to do something? Yeah? Have you ever forced a child to do something? Like your younger brother maybe, or your child, depending on who you have. Somebody younger to you, like a toddler, they run away with your phone. Hmm? What would you do? Oh, go ahead and run with it. The new iPhone 10, run away with it. Really? No, you're going to force them to give it back to you. Why do you have to force them? Because even when you told them, give this back to me, they didn't understand. Or they don't care about what you told them. Right? Now the thing is, that the deen, the religion, is clear. It is not unfair. It is logical. It makes sense. So there's no need to force people. There's no need to compel them. Because if they use their reason... If they try to understand, it will make sense to them. And then you won't have to compel them. Like for example, Umar radiallahu anhu. Initially, at the beginning, he did not believe he was opposed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He even tried to harm him. In fact, he went out to kill him. Isn't it? But then what happened? When he heard the Qur'an, when he heard the verses of the Qur'an, he learned what the Prophet ﷺ was actually preaching. Then what happened? It made sense to him. His sister, his brother-in-law didn't have to force him. You have to accept Islam. No. He accepted Islam willingly. Isn't it so? So, لَا إِكْرَاهَ fiddin. There's no need to force people with regards to religion because قَدْ تَبَيَّنَ الرُّشْدُ مِنَ الْغَيِّ the rushd is clear from the ghay. What is rushd? Rushd is right guidance, right conduct, good sense. And ghay is the opposite of rushd. It is misguidedness, to be in error, to be astray. So the right is clear from the wrong. Guidance is clear from misguidance. Good conduct is clear from error, from wrong. And those who use their reason will see that yes, the Qur'an is a rushd The Qur'an guides to that which is good and correct. So you don't need to force them. They will accept it on their own. But those who insist, فَمَن يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ 
So, فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ Those who accept the guidance upon seeing it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the one who disbelieves in ta'ghut, he rejects ta'ghut, وَيُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ and he believes in Allah, then such a person, فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى Then such a person has firmly taken hold of the firmest handhold. Which person? The person who does two things. First of all, يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ And secondly, يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ the question is, what is ta'ghut? Ta'ghut is from the root letters ta'ghayn ya. And tughiyan is to go beyond the limits. Okay? To pass a limit. Like for example, if water overflows. Okay? Lama ta'ghal ma'u. That's mentioned in the Quran. So this is the literal meaning of the word ta'gha. Now ta'ghut is someone, okay? Someone who rebels against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember we learned that everything belongs to who? Allah. This means that every creature, everything that exists is a servant to Allah. Allah made it, Allah owns it. And so, it is less than Allah because Allah is al-ali, Allah is al-azim. Right? But if that creature rebels against Allah, how? That first of all, that creature refuses to obey Allah. And then, secondly, this creature calls others also to disobey Allah. Can you think of someone who did that? Shaitan refused to obey Allah. And then secondly, he's also out to misguide people. This is ta'ud. Someone who rebels, who goes beyond the proper limit. What is the proper limit? That a servant should remain a servant. But when the servant says, no, I am going to disobey Allah openly. And then he demands that the people should also obey him instead of Allah. Then this is ta'ghut. So ta'ghut includes, I want you to write this down. Ta'ghut includes shaitan. It includes every false god that is worshipped and likes to be worshipped. Okay? Every false god that is worshipped and likes to be worshipped. Even it can be a human being. A leader of misguidance. A leader of misguidance. Like for example, Fir'aun. What did Fir'aun do? He refused to believe in Musa alayhi salam. And then he claimed himself that he was God. Didn't he? He said, Ana rabbukumul a'la. I am your greatest Lord. So that's an example of Ta'ut. A leader of misguidance. Now the thing is that these ta'ghut, they can become very controlling and powerful. Like for example, Fir'aun. For people to reject Fir'aun was not easy. And there could be small Fir'auns or similar Fir'auns present in your life also who stop you with their power from worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who bully you into disobeying Allah, who exert their control over you, stopping you from worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These days it's easy. In the past, people did not have much freedom. They were controlled by their family leaders, their chiefs, their elders, and then their king. They did not have any religious freedom at all. And even today, people might find themselves in a situation where they don't have control, they don't have freedom to worship Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whoever rejects ta'ghut, that no, I am not going to listen to you. 
I am not going to obey you. وَيُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ And instead he believes in Allah. Because who is Allah? لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُو لَهُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ He is Al-Aliyyul Azim. He is Al-Hayyul Qayyum. So this person believes in Allah. He recognizes Allah, believes in Allah. Then this person, فَقَدْ إِسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُسْقَى He has istamsaka. Istamsaka, remember the word imsak, to hold. We have done that before. Imsakum bima'roof, aw tasrihum bi ihsan. This is not imsak. This is istamsaka. There's a lot of effort over here. A lot of effort over here. That he has very tightly, very firmly grabbed, held on to urwatul wusqa. What is urwatul wusqa? Urwa is from ayn rawal, and urwa is basically a handle that you hold. For example, on a cup. Is there a handle? Yeah. So you hold the handle to hold the cup. Right? In a bus. Sometimes you don't find a place to sit. But then there are poles or there are some kind of handles that you can grab onto. But then sometimes you grab a handle, but that handle itself is not strong. So it breaks. And if you are holding on to it for support, then may God save you. Right? So this urwa that the believer holds on to is what? Al-wusqa. Wusqa, the firmest, the most firm. Awthaq, it's from wawthaqaf. So it's the most firm and secure handle. Lan laha That will never crack even. Infisam from Fasad Mim means to crack, not break, crack. It is so firm, so secure, that it will not even crack. Forget about breaking. It won't even crack. Wallahu Samirun Alim and Allah is hearing and knowing. What does this ayah mean? What this ayah means is that the person who believes in Allah then that person has the most reliable and firm and secure source of support all life long. His faith in Allah will be a means of survival for him. So in the most difficult situations also, because of his faith in Allah, because of his trust in Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will save him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect him. Is this life easy? No. There are many trials, many difficulties in this life. And then, not just in this life, in the hereafter also. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ The human being has been created in difficulty. There is difficulty upon difficulty. And the difficulties we face are not just physical. They're mental. They're emotional. They're spiritual. They're social. They're political. Isn't it? We face... Trials from everywhere, every sort of challenge. Sometimes in your personal life, sometimes through your best friends, sometimes through your relatives. But the one who holds on to Allah, affirms his belief in Allah, then that belief in Allah will be like a firm handhold that will allow him to survive. You know, for example, whenever I read this ayah, it reminds me of zip lining. You know, like you're holding on to whatever that thing is, you're holding on to it, 
And as you are going down, what is beneath you? What is beneath you? I mean, nothing. It could be water, several feet down, right? Either water or some kind of hail or something. Snow maybe. If you let go, hopefully you'll be fine because it's not the only thing you're holding on to. There's other things that keep you secure. But this is how important your faith in Allah is. It is a means of survival. Means of survival for you. Through the difficulties in life. Through the trials and challenges in life. Your belief in Allah will save you. How? How will it save you? Think about it. You know the Prophet ﷺ, when he was in the cave, on the journey of Hijrah, who was with him? Abu Bakr. And who was outside the cave? His enemies, people who wanted to kill him. And as they reached the mouth of the cave, if one of them looked down into that hole, he would see inside Muhammad ﷺ and Abu Bakr. And Abu Bakr anhu at that time, did he cry? Did he cry? Yes. He was so scared for the Prophet ﷺ, not for himself, but for the Prophet ﷺ that he cried. And how was the Prophet ﷺ there? Calm. And he said, لا تحزن إن الله معنا. Don't be sad because Allah is with us. Allah will save us. Allah will protect us. So his iman in Allah, his faith in Allah became what? A means of survival. Right? A means of survival. Because otherwise what happens? If a person doesn't believe in Allah, he begins to panic. And as people panic, they create more of a problem for themselves. Your belief in Allah is something that you need to affirm every day. As you face small and big difficulties in life. This is why we are encouraged to say Bismillah before doing anything important. Take the name of Allah. Say in the name of Allah as you enter your home, as you eat something, as you start something important. Take the name of Allah so that Allah will guide you. Allah will protect you. He will show you the way. You know, Abdullah ibn Salam radiallahu anhu, uh, one of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he was a Jewish scholar and he embraced Islam. So what happened with him is that one day he had a dream. He had a dream, he saw, this is reported in Bukhari, he saw that he was in a garden, and that garden was huge, really beautiful, and in the middle of the garden there was a pillar. And the pillar was such that it was in the ground, all right, but it was also so tall that it reached up to the sky. And he could see at the top of the pillar a handle. Okay? So what happened? He saw in his dream that somebody told him, climb this pillar. And he said, I can't. So what happened? Somebody came to help him. Somebody came to help him so that he could climb the pillar. So he said that he was able to climb the pillar then. And he said he climbed all the way to the top and grabbed that handle. And he said that in his dream he was told, Istamsik, hold on to this. And he said he woke up at that time and he could feel the handle you know, in his hand because he was holding it so tightly when he woke up he could, he could feel the effect of it in his hand. So he told the Prophet ﷺ about that dream. And the Prophet ﷺ said to him that that garden was Islam. 
And that pillar was the pillar of Islam. And that urwa, that handle, was urwatul wusqa, the firmest handle. And he said that you will be upon Islam until you die. That's what the dream means. Because you were told to hold on to it, so you held it, you didn't let it go. So inshallah, you will be on Islam until you die. So the one who believes in Allah, then he has a huge source of support. And what this teaches us is that Tawheed is your means of survival. Any loss you have, any difficulty you face, affirm your belief in Allah. Remind yourself of who Allah is. That nothing is difficult for Allah. You know the Sahaba, when they returned from the battle of Uhud, they were wounded. So many of them had been martyred. Talha radiallahu anhu had been defending the Prophet ﷺ, and his hand was injured so badly that it was paralyzed. Because he had caught an arrow with his hand to defend the Prophet ﷺ. So just imagine how shaken up the Muslims were, how weak they must have felt, and what happened? They were given the news that their enemy was coming back to attack them. Now imagine what would happen to you. You've already suffered such a huge loss, and then you're told that there's going to be another attack. And you know what the response of the companions was? Hasbun Allah. Allah is sufficient for us. They got up, got ready, and actually left Medina to meet the enemy outside. What gave them that courage? What gave them that confidence? It was their belief in Allah. Remember the story of Talut and Jalut? What happened towards the end? People said that we have no power to face Jalut and his army. But what did some believers say at that time? That how many times this has happened, that a group of few people have taken over a group of many how? بِإِذْنِ By the permission of Allah. Your belief in Allah empowers you. It gives you courage. It gives you confidence. Because you know that Allah is all-powerful. So لَنْ فِصَامَ You know that if you rely on Allah, if you put your trust in Him, not in yourself, then you'll survive. And if you put your faith in yourself or in others, then you will see these things breaking apart. You will see them cracking. You will see them weaken before your very eyes. So put your trust in Allah. Wallahu sami'un alim. Allah is hearing, He is knowing, He hears your thoughts, your words, what people say to you. He is knowing of your condition. Allahu waliyyul ladina amanu. Then Allah says that Allah is the wali, the friend of those who believe. What does it mean by that? He is their friend. Who is a friend? Wali is a friend who not only loves you, but also protects you and helps you. Loves you, protects you, and helps you. Allah is the wali of the believers. This is two-sided. What this means is that the believers take Allah as their friend, and Allah also takes believers as His friend. So those who believe, Allah becomes their friend and protector. So He will love them and He will guide them. How so? يُخْرِجُهُمْ مِنَ الظُّلُمَاتِ إِلَى النُّورِ He will bring them out from darknesses into light. Zulumat is the plural of ظُلْمَةِ 
He brings them out of darkness into light. What darkness? The darkness of denial, kufr. The darkness of confusion. The darkness of doubt. The darkness of ignorance. The darkness of lack of faith. The darkness of fear. Allah brings them out of that into light. The light of iman. The light of courage. The light of knowledge. The light of obedience. You know, in darkness, you feel alone. Isn't it? In darkness, you feel insecure. You feel scared. Because there's so much unknown. And in light, you have clarity. So those who believe in Allah, who hold on to this firm handhold, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes them out of darkness, brings them into light. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا But those people who deny, then أَوْلِيَاءُهُمُ الطَّاغُوتِ Their friends become who? The طَاغُوتِ Awliya is the plural of wali. Those who don't believe in Allah, then the طَاغُوتِ become their friends. So what happens then? يُخْرِجُونَهُمْ مِنَ النُّورِ إِلَى الظُّلُمَاتِ Those طَاغُوتِ they take them out of light into darkness. Those who deny Allah, those who reject Allah, then the taghut leads them. And taghut brings them out of light into darkness. Ulaika ashabun nar. Those are the companions of the fire. Hum fiha khalidun. And they will abide therein forever. So what does this ayah teach us? Who should we befriend? Allah. How? That in every situation, call upon who? Allah. Remember Him. And He will bring you out of confusion into clarity. Now there are three examples mentioned. Three stories are given. And in these three stories, we will see how Allah brings His friends out of darkness into light. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا إكراه في الدين قد تبين الرشد من الغي فمن يكفر بالطاغوت ويؤمن بالله فقد استمسك بالعروة المثقى لن فصام لها والله سميع عليم الله ولي الذين آمنوا يخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور والذين كفروا أولياؤهم الطاغوت يخرجونهم من النور إلى الظلمات أولئك أصحاب النار هم فيها خالدون ألم تر إلى الذي حاج إبراهيم في ربه أن آتاه الله الملك إذ قال إبراهيم ربي الذي يحيي ويميت قال أنا أحيي وأميت قال إبراهيم فإن الله يأتي بالشمس من المشرق فأت بها من المغرب فبهت الذي كفر والله لا يهدي القوم الظالمين 